Section 64 of The World War. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Hawaii in May 2021. The World's Story, Volume 15, The World War. Edited by Horatio W. Dresser. Section 64. The Sinking of the Lusitania. 1915 by charles e Lauria. the cunard steamship lusitania bound from new york to liverpool was torpedoed without warning may 7, 1915 and sank in 23 minutes off old head of kinsale there were 1257 passengers aboard of whom 159 were americans and a crew of 702 of the 1,198 lives lost, 124 were Americans, many of them men of national prominence. The disaster aroused a feeling of horror in the world, outside of Germany, and quickened the most intense feeling toward Germany in the United States. The Editor Our voyage from New York had been uneventful. Fine weather, smooth sea, and after the first few hours of Sunday, May 2nd, there had been no fog up to Friday morning, May 7th, when it came in for a short time. The speed of the boat had not been what I had expected it would be. During the forenoon of Thursday, May 6th, we swung out and uncovered twenty-two lifeboats, eleven on each side, showing Captain Turner's preparedness for emergency. I was keenly interested in all that was done aboard ship as we approached the Irish coast, and in fact, all through the voyage I kept my eyes unusually wide open. At night, the shades in the saloon were closely drawn, and I noticed that my bedroom steward left a note for the night watchman stating just which ports were open when he, the steward, went off duty. Friday noon, when the run was posted, I was surprised for I certainly thought that this was the time to put on speed. The sea was smooth as a pancake, an ideal chance for a dash up the coast. I noticed that we were not going anywhere near top speed, and were following, as I remembered, the usual course up the Irish coast, that being about five to seven miles distant. I wondered at our loafing along at this gentle pace. After lunch I went to my stateroom and put on my sweater under the coat of the knickerbocker suit I was wearing and went up on deck for a real walk. I joined friends and was conversing with them when the torpedo struck the ship. Where I stood on deck the shock of the impact was not severe. It was a heavy, rather muffled sound, but the good ship trembled for a moment under the force of the blow. A second explosion quickly followed, but I do not think it was a second torpedo, for the sound was quite different. It was more like a boiler in the engine room. As I turned to look in the direction of the explosion, I saw a shower of coal and steam and some debris hurled into the air between the second and third funnels, and then heard the fall of gratings and other wreckage that had been blown up by the explosion. Remember that I was standing well forward on the port side and consequently looked back at the scene of the explosion 
at an angle across to the starboard side therefore although the debris showed between the second and third funnels i think the blow was delivered practically in line with the fourth funnel i looked immediately at my watch and it was exactly eight minutes past two greenwich time the boat had taken a list to starboard but it was not acute and so i had no difficulty in making my way to and from my cabin i tied on a life belt took the others in the room and went up on deck to the port side i found those who needed the life belts put them on tied them properly and then went aft along the side of the ship for i was confident that all hands would naturally rush to the starboard side and so there would be more opportunity to help along the port side i turned and walked forward toward the bridge where captain turner and captain anderson were both calling in stentorian tones not to lower away the boats ordering all passengers and sailors to get out of them saying that there was no danger and that the ship would float i had been watching carefully the list of the steamer and by now i was confident that she wouldn't float and that the end was coming fast i remembered one or two personal things in my stateroom which i very much wanted and i figured that i had time to go down and get them there was a companionway forward of the main staircase about halfway between it and my stateroom it was not until i walked along this passage that i realized how acute was the list of the ship on my return to the deck i felt that the steamer must make her final plunge any moment now and i passed through to the port side men were striving to lower the boats and were putting women and children into them but it seemed to me that it only added horror to the whole situation to put people into a boat that you knew never would be cleared and which would go down with the steamer better leave them on deck to take their chance at a piece of wreckage true there was no panic in the sense that any one crowded or pushed his way to the lifeboats but there was infinite confusion and there seemed no one to take command of any one boat as i came out on the starboard side i saw a little aft of the main entrance a lifeboat well filled with people principally women and children that no one had attempted to clear from the davits the steamer was rapidly sinking and i realized that the boat must be cleared at once if the people were to be saved i climbed into the stern of the boat we freed our end and swung the ropes clear but we couldn't make anyone forward understand what to do or how to do it i started to go forward but it was impossible to climb through that boatload of people mixed up as they were with oars boat hooks kegs of water rope ladders sails and god knows what everything that seemed to hinder progress to getting forward the steamer was all the time rapidly settling and to look at the tremendous smokestack hanging out over us only added to the terror of the people in the boat however i should have gone forward and made the try except that the stern end of the boat was raised by a small swell of the ocean and i was impressed by the nearness of the david by getting a blow on the back which nearly knocked me overboard then i admit i saw the hopelessness of ever clearing the forward david in time to get the boat away so i stepped out and made a try of it by swimming i spoke to several and urged them to come 
but truly they were petrified and only my training from boyhood up in the water and under it gave me the courage to jump i swam about one hundred feet away from the ship and then turned around to see if anyone was following the lusitania did not go down anything like head first she had rather settled along her whole water line this convinces me that practically all the ports must have been open the stern did not rise to anything like a perpendicular nor did it rise so high that i could see a single one of the propellers or even the end of her rudder not one of her funnels fell there was very little vortex there was rather a shooting out from the ship instead of a sucking in after she sank this i am told was partly caused by the water rushing into her funnels and being blown out again by explosions made by the mixing of the cold water of the sea with the steam of the boilers the sea was wonderfully smooth and it seemed to me that if one could keep clear of the wreckage and pick up a lifeboat it could be manned and we could go back and get many survivors i was able to work this out quite as i planned then we rowed for the shore i steered for a lighthouse on the coast for it was a long good row ashore and i knew we could not get there until after dark and it was much better to land on a shore however barren near a lighthouse than to land on that part where there might not be an inhabitant for miles we had stayed around and picked up every one who seemed to be in the most helpless condition those we were forced to leave were as safe as if we had crowded them into our flimsy craft the calmness of the sea was the only thing that enabled us to take so many with any degree of safety after rowing about two miles we came to the fishing smack and although they had taken on two boatloads they made room for us after being aboard about an hour we were picked up by the steamer flying fish which had come down from queenstown End of section sixty four